We've established that ROI is, is a terrible metric for innovation, but what are some of the metrics that we're trying to get to with regard to, to innovation and, and innovation accounting? How many experiments have been run? Of the experiments run, how many are validated? How many are invalidated? What's the validation rate of experiments? What is the average duration of the experiments? Now, these experiments can be anything from your lean startup experiments like feature fakes or a concierge model or a wizard of oz or something like that to more profound business model experiments that you might be running but what you're trying to get is a track record a baseline if you will of what your ability to learn intentionally experiment learn pivot and explore learning as an organization. And these things don't matter that much as absolutes. And it doesn't help that much to compare yourself to Google or Amazon or any other dissimilar business from your enterprise. But what does matter is that the trend line of these metrics in your organization is improving over time. Challenge yourself, get a deep commitment to a continuous improvement culture. And then the other part is are the innovation programs and investments you're making advancing your strategic objectives? And this is where you get into the organization's empirical definition of value that stems from their North Star. Your organization has a mission, your organization has a vision, and it has some high-level strategic objectives. If you're innovating in the wrong area, you're not delivering value. If you're innovating in the right area, you are. So, Evan, you talked about vision, mission, strategy, and, and organizations kind of linking that closely to their innovation mission. How have you seen organizations actually do that effectively? Well, right now, the, the, the booming methodology for strategy deployment and strategy execution is objectives and key results. And that's a space that I'm currently involved in. I, I've got a, a lot of history with different strategy deployment and execution methodologies. And I think Reggie and I, with our backgrounds in Lean and Agile, find that what's really appealing about OKRs is there's a, a tremendous amount of flexibility and innovation and empowerment because it's not entirely a top-down methodology like MBOs or Hoshin Conry, where there's a long, painful, multi-month process of cascading goals down layer by layer. OKRs really create alignment and focus throughout the organization, but with a passion because people are creating and defining their own OKRs and then realigning them to that corporate North Star. So... OKRs really do, there's a, a whole category or pillar or, you know, strategic value category associated with innovation, increased competitiveness, growing market share, whatever the company's strategy is, there is an objective and key results set that the organization is using to guide their innovation and yeah, and Evan, I love the concept of OKRs, right? We currently are in the process of actually helping a few of our clients actually launch the entire approach to OKR within their innovation teams. I think the key area in there that the firms really latch onto 
is the focus on impact, the focus on mm -hmm. actually the results piece. And as you mentioned, there are different gateways, there are different things that you measure, but you are focused on what is the actual value? What is the true result that is being delivered? And you don't have to wait for a long period of time in order to see that. So that piece of it, kind of, you know, we look at it as like a horizontal funnel yeah. is, is super uh, valuable and can, can actually delivers results that are. The business agility, the enterprise agility movement is embracing OKRs really aggressively right now because what we see is that they have really struggled with communicating the, the mission down through the organization. That's the definition of strategy deployment is taking a, a three-year set of, of strategic objectives at the enterprise level, but making sure that everyone in the organization has absolute clarity about what their contribution is, what's the most impactful thing they can do today. And OKRs work really well for that. And other, and it's very complementary with other movements that we're seeing in enterprise agile, such as the movement from project to product orientation, as well as the movement from output to outcome orientation. Yeah. We have a long history in a lot of organizations measuring things related to productivity or just output but without ever mapping it to the strategic benefit that's being realized by the work. And that's the strategy execution piece is where we track back to say, we're funding all this work. We've got an immense amount of payroll that's going towards people grinding out widgets. Are Which strategic objectives are or are not being advanced as a result of that labor? Yeah, that's really fascinating, Evan. And, and I wonder for our viewers who are trying to wrap their head around it to make it real for them. Can you give some examples of OKRs as opposed to KPIs that we that we know for a very long time? How are those different? And can you give some tangible examples to kind of distinguish between the two? Yeah, that's a great question. We talk about that a lot because People will say, well, do OKRs replace MBOs or KPIs or this is and that's is? And yeah, there's puzzle pieces. Tab A has to fit in slot B. The KPIs are really complementary with OKRs. Okay. It's entirely appropriate to, to have both. But KPIs are, are kind of tactical. They're, they're your control and governance mechanism that says, my ins all the instruments on the airplane say that engine 4's oil pressure is good and engine 2's water temperature is fine and we have enough fuel and all of that. When one of those KPIs is out of the control balance, it's, it's deviating from our, our intent. We could potentially then say, oh gosh, let's elevate that. There's an improvement opportunity. Let's elevate that KPI to be an OKR for a quarter. We'll achieve our, our new goal and then demote it back down to being a KPI to put it back in the control dashboard for the future. But the OKRs are the improvement program. They're the strategy program. And not just governance, not just day-to-day, -day, not just the little metrics that we track to see if things are flowing through the system effectively. Did I cover down on your question? Yeah, thank you for that, Evan. And I also wonder, so OKR, what you just said is OKR is strategic. It's about 
the high value uh, the high level value and impact. And then when you when we put it into the context of innovation, an organization that's trying to embark on an innovation journey, can they apply different KPRs depend oh sorry, not KPR, OKRs depending on where they are with their innovation journey? Is that how it works? Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, you can innovate on a legacy product that using the matrix is sort of a cash cow or even a dog. You can say, look, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a market segmentation strategy with this cash cow product, and we're going to break a whole new revenue line by repackaging it, rebranding it, pricing, licensing, distribution, whatever we're going to do. Those are all potential innovations that are going to be driven by an objective to seize incremental revenue from existing products. If you're going to create a new market where there is no product that is currently serving an unmet need of a market segment, that's a very different objective, right? But either what you always want with your objective is that it's ambitious, it's inspirational, it is very closely associated with driving value for the enterprise and its stakeholders. And there aren't many of them. You might have hundreds of KPIs. You don't really want to have more than a couple, three, five OKRs, right? Because the key, one of the key superpowers of OKRs is focus. And if you're trying to focus on 100 things, you're not focusing on any of them. Yeah, so I love this concept of OKRs and KPIs kind of coexisting that's something I haven't thought about before, right? Because we've been doing OKRs from an innovation standpoint, but we haven't actually taken OKRs and KPIs, blended them together and actually used them on innovation projects. I, 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 I love that. Something uh, uh, new I learned here as well uh, in our discussion. One other, if I can interrupt, one other tip that I find is really effective in the interrelationship between them is it's possible sometimes for an OKR to drive so much enthusiasm and focus that you can over-optimize on what the OKR, what the objective is driving you towards and actually injure some other part of your business or your operation. And what you can also do is explicitly say, kind of in a, almost like a balanced scorecard manner that, look, we've got this objective, but we're gonna put these guardrails on. This KPI and this KPI are gonna say that we're not gonna over-optimize on the objective so much that we break some other important part of the business. And so those kind of boundary conditions that the KPIs can set can be helpful that way too. That's great. Reggie, is there one or two things that the audience could probably take away from this conversation on OKRs, KPI, measurement? of and metrics for innovation what would that it's it's so hard to distill to one to two things but i think i mean one thing to consider is start where you're at if kpis are working for you revisit your current kpis and see how much is it serving your company goals and and also take a step back to think about based on your strategic goals what is really your objectives to succeed here? And what are some tangible key results that you want to strive towards? And, and in, in the fashion of Agile, you know, experiment with it, right? Start for a period and iterate in the next one to see, you know, if there's anything you can improve and continue to improve along the way. Uh, Evan, 
we heard so much about OKRs, KPIs. What, which are some of the organizations that are actually doing this well? Who, who are some of the leading best practice companies in this area? So OKRs are very much an example of the classic Jeffrey Moore technology adoption curve, crossing the chasm and entering the tornado. The companies that have been using them for years, as you know, they were initially invented in Intel over 10 years ago, Google throughout there and drove their entire growth and evolution as a company guided by OKRs, Amazon and others. So what you see is a lot of even very large kind of digital native firms that have used OKRs very successfully. And as you would expect now, kind of more mainstream pragmatic types of more traditional enterprises are starting to get really interested in them. And we're really starting to feel that hyper growth of OKR adoption picking up. The organizations that, that really use them effectively view them as a strategy methodology, a strategy framework, as opposed to a performance management or individual goal setting framework, which pretty much denigrates OKRs back to what MBOs became, which was full of gamesmanship and sandbagging to make sure everybody got their bonuses and therefore nobody, you didn't see ambitious MBOs being set anymore. But when you view them as a real strategy framework that's driving everyone towards the North Star of the company's mission and vision, then you really see that power take hold. So folks, the question that we started our discussion for this episode was, are traditional funding and measurement approaches hurting innovation? Is it actually going against innovation efforts? And for this, we talked about traditional approaches to funding innovation projects and how they don't work. We also talked about exploring ours, looking at different metrics and measurement approaches to innovation. Evan, what are the key takeaways, the golden nuggets that folks can leave on OKRs, metrics, and measurement for innovation? Yeah, so I think we made clear that this is a system. Organizations are complex systems, and they have many processes that have to interrelate. And kind of like some Maslow's hierarchy or something. I mean, real effective innovation requires many fundamental pieces of the organization to be operating at high capability, high capability maturity. So the first step is to make sure that your innovation is directed towards strategic outcomes as defined by OKRs. The organization also needs to have the mechanics in place to allow good ideas, learning, sense and adapt behaviors to get funded. Because if you don't put any money behind it, you're never going to uh, be able to advance new product lines, new revenue streams, new market exploration, or new organizational capabilities in your own operating model. And so first get your strategy clear, then have the ability to, to fund and support learning and adaptation as an organization, and then mature the specific processes around innovation like ideation and innovation ecosystem 
and all of those practices that make innovation successful. That's fantastic. And when it comes to funding of innovation projects and the funding approach to innovation projects, the key takeaways over there are that the traditional approach to funding these projects is basically to commit to an ROI, allocate annual funds, but that approach just doesn't work for innovation. Uh, you gave some great examples around that as well, and we had a good discussion. Some of the key takeaways there are do an iterative process, like building an MVP, right? Start small, prove the value, and do rapid iteration. Reggie, I love what you talked about, doing quarterly check-in on the fundings. Evan, you talked about that innovation is about speed and efficacy about learning. So instead of focusing on the long tail of ROI on innovation projects, focus on the accelerated learning cycles instead. And do this by taking a shark tank approach. We have more like a venture capitalist form, as you said, right? And the most important one that I took away out of it is explore beyond budgeting approach. Uh, you had some great examples in there. And folks, hopefully you've learned enough to at least explore a few more of uh, these areas and these topics. I'd like to thank Evan and Reggie again for joining us 